Hi, my name is Andrew Glover of the Raiders, and you're watching Vegas Junkies. Man, we are here with a special show today. We've got Andrew Glover Woo! with us. Clearly, I don't need to tell you what team he played for. Well, he the played for a couple player, teams. But special player. It's all about no, the Raiders. I don't know what team he played for. I don't, <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> the Raiders are the only ones that matter. That's right. right. Took my head to it. It's pretty exciting moving from Oakland. Are they the first team that's actually had three cities? Has anyone else been, right? Oakland, LA, and now Vegas? Has any other team uh, done that? I don't think Only one we can remember in recent past, that's for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Good well, question. So you're in Vegas, you live in Houston, but you're, uh, you're gonna be, we're gonna be seeing you. Yeah, quite a bit. I'm gonna be doing a lot of community service, a lot of uh, working on relationships, strategic partnerships with the different people, meeting and uh, meeting new friends, having the opportunity to go out and meet and greet the fans, taking pictures and having a good time. Just integrating uh, you know, our people into the Las Vegas landscape. When you were playing, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do when you were t retired from, from playing on the field? And is this all, was this part of your big plan? Like, Yeah, I think it's finally being manifested now. At least when I was playing, I did a lot of community service work. I was nominated for Man of the Year uh, one year for the Raiders organization for going to a lot of different places in California, all over the state of California, actually. Wairica, California, Eureka, California, Redding, Salinas, places that I don't even remember going because they were on my schedule. And we were going to different places, helping different people. We were doing turkey drives. Uh, we also went to hospitals, uh, local YMCAs. Uh, I think we were responsible for the YET program in Los Angeles as well. So uh, my time uh, in Los Angeles, which was from 1991 uh, to 90, uh, you know, we did a lot of community service and I carried that over into Oakland. When we got to Oakland, I, I not only played for the Los Angeles Raiders, but I played one year with the Oakland Raiders before I moved on uh, to uh, go to Minnesota Vikings. Where you played with my buddy Mo Williams for a minute. I most certainly did, and he's a very fine gentleman and a fine football player as well. We were happy to have him on the team, and he was very productive for us. So I think one year he was like the special teams captain. Yeah. So that, that's a very prestigious uh, you know, position to hold. And so you live in Houston. Have you been in Vegas uh, during the summertime yet? What's worse, Houston, Houston summer or Vegas summer? Oh my gosh. The humidity. Oh the humidity to deal with over I there, think right? Houston, yeah. Extremes. I think Houston, but Vegas, I've been to Vegas when Vegas has been hot as well. Matter of fact, I was here before, right before the grasshoppers oh, jumped man. around. <laughs> Right. I was here right a couple of days before <laughs> that happened. So you didn't get any. So I didn't get any. I, I, I left and Dude, I, I that went was a up over that to, was, uh, I think we were in L.A. And uh, so it was pretty hot. I remember it being pretty hot because I, I took a couple of phone calls outside. And uh, I don't think it's, it's as hot as Houston, though. Houston, uh, it, it, it renders you powerless. Yeah. So I was still able to move around. And then when you render powerless, you just don't come outside during the day. Right. All the everything that you have to do happens in the evening. Yeah, well, it's kind of like Vegas too, but we just get used to it. I was ready to move out uh, when the grasshoppers <laughs> came. I was literally uh, one more day of grasshoppers, and I was it was, it was a wrap. I was yeah. done. I was Sorry, I had to fun. bring that up and remind no, it's you okay. of that. That was that no. Was I rough. work outside at a pool, and they were constantly around us to the point where they would hitchhike on our shoulders from right. like the table to the well. They were all over the place. It was pretty disgusting. Yeah. Customers were terrified of them. It was. 
It was something I've never seen before. So. It was like a horror movie. It was a horror it was, movie. It was no good. So how excited I, are you guys from coming Oakland to Vegas? I think the team is really excited. I, I know that, uh, you know, the, the people in Vegas are really excited, and this is a, a match made for both parties right now. I think that, you know, Vegas showed, uh, you know, a lot of respect. And, uh, you know, they really wanted us to come here, and we really wanted to be here. So uh, we're going to make that partnership great. We're going to come in here and do the best job that we can do as an organization to try to put the best product on the field. And we're going to have people working off the field to uh, merge those relationships so we can know and understand each other better and integrate, you know, into the Las Vegas landscape and become, uh, you know, friends and business associates. Yeah. As a player, when you, you know, the Oakland Coliseum, it's it's no uh, secret. It's it's a little run down. It's a little, you know, it's not up to date as maybe some of the other stadiums. Where they're moving into here is state of the art, incredible. I mean, it looks like a spaceship. As a player, that, does that help them? I know you know they're professional and they they show up to win, but it's got to give you a little extra excitement, right? Well, yeah, of course it certainly does because you you remember that on the road when you go to and to other people's stadiums and you go to Texas Stadium and you see what they have and you see how their fans respond to what they have and how it's such a disadvantage for you at that time, and so you expect to have that when you that's called home field advantage and or 12th man. So that uh, you know and. You know, we have, everybody wants to come and be a part of it. So that stadium is going to be sold out. And, and that's the great thing about it. Um, you know, it's going to be sold out for a long period of time. And people are going to have the opportunity to be in the state-of-the-art facility, uh, see some great football, you know, experience a lot of up-to-date things that's happening in the stadium and around the stadium and food and beverage and, and entertainment as well. So I think it has a lot of flexibility uh, with, you know, the way they have it set up, not only for just football events, but for other events that's going to be coming to Vegas as well. You know, they call the Dallas Cowboys America's team. I think the Raiders could actually become the world's team. I really do, because they were in L.A., they were in Oakland, now they're coming to Vegas. Vegas gets everybody, right? Vegas gets France, That's Australia, correct. Canada. The, people from all over the world come, and, and then the casual fan or the non-fan that's going to go to Raider games now just as something to do in Vegas. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be event. really interesting to see how that all unfolds. It's going to be a nice, another great experience. It's going to be another thing that you're going to have to put on your to-do list when you come to Vegas. I and agree. it's going to bring people to town earlier and it's going to keep people in town later. Oh, for so sure. that's sure to be an, an, an economic, you know, uh, benefit. Have you been to an NFL game yet? Never. Never? Never. Not one game. No. But with the Raiders coming into town, I feel that's going to be the moment. That We're going to have to get that changed. Popped. Yeah. Yeah, I drove by it yesterday, and I saw the slick, beautiful black glass that's they're putting already on the outside yeah. part of it. It's going to look so nice. Yeah. It just looks welcoming. It looks like, you know, Vegas sexified it. Like, it made it look more appealing. I just hope it doesn't bring the bad rep from the fans down. That's what everyone's a little bit afraid of. But, I mean, this guy's been around forever. The Raiders is a pretty solid team. Have you gotten to go on the uh, construction site yet and, and taken a little tour yet or not yet? I will be going as soon as it's probably still a little hazardous to actually go, but I will be part of a group that will be touring, uh, you know, the, the, the stadium and, uh, and looking at it and, and talking to, uh, you know, some of the personnel about, you know, how we could, uh, you know, collaborate with people outside the stadium to get them into the stadium. So 
it's it's a team effort, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's going to be it's going to generate a lot of excitement, and obviously it's going to generate uh, more capital. So uh, we want to make it the best experience that we can uh, as an organization, and I'm sure Vegas wants to put their best foot forward. And I think we we're in a good position where you know we're going to make that happen. And the college team's playing there too, right? UNLV is going to be playing there. That's got to be a crazy, like, if you're, can you imagine being like 18 years no. old, you're going to college and you're, uh, you're playing not. in that stadium? Like, what a thrill that's got to be. Right, that's going to be unbelievable to have the opportunity to be in the locker room and to get dressed in real NFL lockers and, and showers and, and, and up-to-date, uh, you know, facilities for taping and, and you know, preventative maintenance, probably cold tubs, the, the whole nine. It's so detailed. It's so much more behind what's on the outside as what's going to be on the inside. And what, and, and that gives you uh, motivation. That gives you motivation to want to go out and win every single game. And uh, it's going to be exciting to have that opportunity. How much have things changed from when you were playing, which is really not that long ago, but 25 years? I would think so. It goes so. quick, man. It yeah. goes quick. Well, 2000, it's 2019, so 2001 was my last year. So oh, right. Yeah, really, so it's about 18 years. How, how much has things changed where, you know, from from the way the players are treated or the, not not treated, but more the, the things that you have access to, you know, whether it's the weight room at the, in the locker room, like, is, is all Nutrition. that kind of? Nutrition. Okay. Nutrition has changed. Uh, the you know laptops on the sidelines so we can see real time what's happening on offense, what's happening on defense. The ability to make adjustments is, is happening faster and faster. So technology has played a real part in the game and as well as the new rules, regulations and guidelines regarding you know uh, safety, player safety is very, very important. So uh, at least uh, they're making an attempt, the International Football League is making an attempt to help minimize injuries, head injuries, and things of that nature, and, nature, and career-ending injuries and stuff like that. So I think it's good for the league. I think that the entertainment value has been magnified. I think that the receivers and the quarterbacks and the rules uh, that's in place right now allow it to still be an exciting game and everybody to you know have a great experience. Do you think they should keep Thursday night football or, or get rid of Thursdays? I think it should be based on the ratings. If people love to watch football on Thursday night, I think they should keep Thursday night football. What What about like on the on the injury side or the like? Last night I saw um, Mahomes got hurt. It's, well, it's just, I mean, that's just part of the game, though. Those right? are it's, unpredictable it, circumstances. We, if we knew all of that stuff hindsight, we could make all those changes ahead of time. So, I think that uh, you know the, the the current way we have it is it, it works out fine. It's it, nobody's real given a clear cut advantage. You know, uh, one team don't have to, you know, say where I don't have a game this week or next week. When your schedule is set and you know what you have to do and where you have to be, that's no bigger or no less than somebody else's schedule. That's what it is. And we, you have to try to win these games to get in the playoffs to go to the next level. And I think it makes it, I think it makes it more difficult for somebody to, that's hard to say right now, really monopolize and win all the games every year and go to the playoffs. I think it gives us an opportunity to have parity in the league and for somebody else to come out of the woodworks because of, they might have a, a better injury situation or they may, you know, strategically have a, their plan is working for them and somebody else started good but are failing now. So yeah, I want 
the impression that I don't know who's going to be in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. I don't want to know at the beginning. I want to find out at last minute who's going to be in the Super Bowl. But, you know, with New England, you know, carrying that, you know, carrying those titles around, yeah. it's kind of hard to, you know, strip yeah. that away from him right now. How does that guy keep doing it? How does he even still, I mean, he's going on in the year 19th season, maybe 20th season. I mean, I feel like Brady's since 2001, right? 2001, Tom Brady started. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, uh, great coaching, you know, great conditioning, and uh, you have a formula that's working for you, not deviating from that formula. Formula focus, when you're yeah. dealing with personnel mm -hmm. and you're dealing with, uh, you know, how you want to handle internal issues. I think, uh, you know, that is why they, they, you know, they are the king of the hill, and uh, you know, they hard to beat until you, you 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 beat them, then you can't say anything about it. When you, I won't mention any names, but when you see some of these players that have a lot of trouble off the field, especially in the last you know couple of weeks, whatever, do you do you feel like the urge to reach out to these some of these guys sometimes and go like, hey man, what are you doing? Like, how are you blowing this? It's the age of social media now, and in my day and time, we didn't have that to rely on or be a distraction of. And I would say that. Certain people are not cut out to play for certain teams or certain organizations, and that's a reality. Every, every person that's in, a, in the NFL is not interchangeable to every team. That is something that is highly, you have to highly adapt to, and uh, you have to be, really be an unselfish player and be in a, have the team concept. And I think that that person that is unselfish and thinks of the team first, I think that person goes further or has the opportunity to go further than somebody that, that comes in and demands all the attention. And with all the attention, a lot of times come a lot of distractions. And, you know, in the game, you need to be focused and you need to have minimal distractions. And everybody who's on the team need to feel like and want to feel like the same thing that I'm doing, everybody is doing because we're a team. And when we go on the field, then we all function as one solid unit that's, uh, that has the opportunity to, to do big things and be productive. So uh, it's no I in team. And, and that's what you know, I, I really stick to and, and I have discipline to. Now you're coming to Vegas to work on helping the community. You were talking about that a little bit before we had the interview. Can you go into that a little bit more? Sure. Uh, we, I'm going to be working with Chapman Dodge. We have, uh, for Christmas coming up, we're going to be having toys for over 1,000 kids. And I have, you know, talked with some personnel at the Raiders about being associated with that and being able to give the kids whatever we can give them and show them that we care as well. So that's just one of the programs that we're going to be, uh, you know, flagshipping. We're also going to be going into high schools and talking to some of the players and, and sports teams about what it takes to get to that next level from, uh, you know, whether it's high school or junior high to the next level. And not only how to get to that next level, the discipline that you have to have, but when you get to that next level, how do you maintain? Right. It's about maintenance. Getting to that next level is just one part of it. You have to work as hard to maintain that mm -hmm. as it is getting it. So, and, and they have to realize that at the time that they're different. And when you're a student first and then an athlete, that means you, you're capable of being a student and then taking on another extracurricular activity and trying to excel at that when the regular student it's impossible. It's almost an impossibility. So that kind of person is a really strong person 
at that, you know, from that standpoint. But we want to make sure that when, when we do have those people, that, that we inspire leadership in them and put knowledge in them so that if, if they're in that position and they're a leader right now, they can turn around and help the other people coming up when you're not around. Because whenever I come in the room and talk to kids, kids are going to look at me and look at my jersey and say, oh, he knows everything. He's been to the NFL. He's drove big cars. He's got money. Teacher, beat it. And I'm, I'm going to come in and tell them, no, that's not, you know, how it goes. This right. is how it goes. Your teacher is there to teach you, and that's a very important role model. I am a role model for you as well, but that is a, a role model that's with you every day. Right. Your parents are role models. Your local preacher is a role model. So I'm reiterating, you know, what I think should be put into those kids to bring them up, to make them the future leaders of America. Wonderful. You talked about discipline. How hard is it when you come out of college, you're young, you, you know, and then you start signing these big contracts and making a lot of money. Is it hard to stay focused and, and, and not kind of let up? And like, you know, because like, I feel like a natural instinct would be like, ah, like, I, you know, I made it. I can now I get some money. Like, is it, is it hard to keep your eye on the prize and, and stay focused? Uh, no, it's, it's not hard because the team is counting on you. And every time you go to practice, you're working your butt off because you want to have an opportunity when you get in the game to execute a play that's going to help your team win. Right. So you don't want to slack off because when, it, when you do get the opportunity to make a play and you're not ready, then it's going to show. Uh, you know, it's going to show and you don't want that. You don't want to be not prepared. So all of it is being prepared for your moment. Because at any time a guy on the bench, if somebody in front of him get hurt, he has to be in. So he, in every meeting, he has to be, although he knows he's the backup, I have to be attentive. I have to know what, you know, know what my uh, uh, game plan is. I have to be ready. So if somebody gets hurt or goes down, then I could, you know, integrate my talent into this and we don't miss a beat. We still have the very, still the very highest expectation. Right. What's the actual career span for a? About three years. That's it? Yeah. The average. The average overall yeah. for any player, about yeah. three years. Due yes. to injury or just what? Just due to three years. That's it. <laughs> Dude, that's enough. That's Whether you injury or you didn't make it because you weren't good enough and you got cut or, yeah. wow. you know, or you didn't meet the numbers or your salary didn't fit within the cap. So we, you know, when you have to There's get that number down. Didn't, didn't know that, yeah. There's a show called Hard Knocks that you've probably never watched. Probably but not. You, you should watch it because okay. it's, it's pretty fascinating seeing the journey of it's a lot of guys. It's, it's, their, it's their camp basically training camp and you get to see like there's guys trying to make the team there's there's older veterans trying to get you know maybe one like more year or like a reality yeah it's a it's a reality show okay. but it's 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 the it's real actual deal. happening but live legit. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. they take up an nfl it's your team. opportunity yeah. you're not on the team you just have an opportunity until you might go in with 70 people have to get down to 55 but that's 70 of the best people you could find in the world. So you got to keep looking. You got to keep practicing and keep doing different stuff to find out the 55 best people out of that 70. But those other people know they have to go. And so all the internal workings and all the things that go on and all the people that you meet, the relationship that you establish, you know during the whole time that you're working that it's a possibility that that person next to you might not be uh, there tomorrow. Yeah. Is that the most stressful part of the season? That training camp? I would think so. It's, it's, it's one of the most stressful. The other most stressful thing would be like being on a team that's 0 and 7 right now. Right. 
that's, you know, when you have to get up and work every day, you have to go to the grocery store and, and, and you have to stay motivated. It's hard because you're losing and, and you don't, you're not a loser. You're a winner. If you, if you were a loser, you wouldn't be in the position you're in. You are a winner, but we just haven't put it all together where we could win you know, win some games. And that's that's demoralizing. You keep working and working and working. And I think it starts with getting up and looking in the, in the mirror. You know, I think it starts with self. And, and I can be on a team, and, and if the team is not successful, rather than pointing the finger at somebody and say, this is why we're not successful, this is why we're not successful, this is why we're not successful, I look in the mirror and think, if I played at 90%, I need to play at 95 to 100% in order to, to help this team, you know, win. Yeah. No, I have no, I can't point out anybody else and say, you didn't do this or you didn't do that when I wasn't 100% and right. be perfect. And that's what we strive for the game. In the game, we strive for perfection every single time, no matter what happens. If I caught seven passes and missed one, that one that I missed is going to haunt me more than the seven that I caught. Of course. I think people forget sometimes how much you guys really do care about the outcome. Like, I think a lot of people think like, oh, they get paid so much money, they don't care, it's just a job. I don't think they realize like, you know, some of these people on social media and stuff that start writing crazy stuff, like, you do care. Like, all these guys, they want to win. No, your livelihood depends on it. Right. You got wife, you got kids, you got bills, you got cars, you got, that, that depends on when, you know, winning. And, and getting paid. So you have to care about that because if you don't care about that and, and if you will say you're on a losing team, you're on a losing team, you know next year automatically all these guys that I played with, probably half of these guys are gonna be gone. Right. Absolutely. You just don't know what half you, you just don't know what half side you're gonna be on. Right. You need to make sure that you're on the half side that's staying. Right. And not the half side that's going to be going because it's it's the inevitable that if that's you are 0-16 in the league that is that half side on the other side is gone. Where is a typical post-career for a football player? What do they usually It's do difficult. Today? It's very difficult. Go into coaching? Do they it's, go into acting? Do they go into... We have a lot of talented football players that, that, that play uh, today and, and back when I played as well. Now, I happened to transition. I went into the fast food. I owned and operated a Sonic Drive, three Sonic Drive-ins in Houston, Texas, a national franchise. So uh, that's, uh, I, I looked at some other, uh, some other opportunities with Krispy Kreme and, and, and some other uh, Burger King, probably McDonald's, but Sonic gave me an opportunity to come in and, and be a part of what they were doing. And, uh, and, and place the restaurants in a, in, a, in a place where I could work them and be a part of them, and I went for it. And I was very successful at that for 10 years. But that's what part of my, about me coming back is teaching the guys how to transition from the NFL to the real world, how to start a business, owner, operator, and then come back and tell those guys, it's possible, you can do it. You see, because football is, is just what you do. It's not who you are. God, God gives us a lot of different talents. Yeah. You know, so in this world, if you only got one talent and you're trying to make it, it may be very difficult. You have to work with all your different talents to bring in the necessary capital and income you need to live on a daily basis. So you kind of pushed out there to say, yeah. okay, what else is it that I can What's do? Next? Yeah, other than just this nine to five job. I got a lot of time, you know, that I could, you know, uh, work on my other trade. Nat, your sweater covered your mic a little, I think. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, tangled it. There you go. Um, Sorry. What about, is there a lot of pressure 
from family and maybe close, close friends on the financial side along the way of your career in terms of, you know, people need help, the extended family, I guess. Is, the, is there a lot of pressure on that cause to, to try to... For some people, people it is. For some people it is. It, for mostly the people who have a low socioeconomic status before they even got to the NFL. Right. So that was one of the re real reasons that drove them to be dedicated like that, to try to get to that point. But, I mean, it could happen, you know, with people who had money already. There are going to be people who come out of the woodworks and you're going to be a target, so you have to, you know, protect yourself from that. And now it's even more difficult than back in the 90s when I played because we didn't have social media. Right. And we didn't have things that could happen on a moment's notice here. It could be all around the country, yeah. or all around the United States. Yeah. Whatever happened here, you Nothing know, you, goes are, under the radar. you assault somebody, you get a DUI. I mean, it's over the airwaves right. in a matter of minutes and, and people need to, you know, the players, need, they know that now right. and, 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 you know, they have seminars on that. So there's no need for me to keep saying that over and over, but that's, a, that's the reality of what it is. People are gonna try to set you up in bars. People are gonna, right. you know, I'm people, targets, I'm, like I'm six said. foot seven, you know, 300 pounds now. People always, you know, it's always some guy that wants to, you know, walk up to me and say something snarky or, or find, try to find out what my reaction is to see if, if I'm the, the, the football player on the field that would react right now, or is this the retired guy that says, "No, nah, I'm not gonna," Even you know, I'm just gonna lay in the cut. Right. But you know, don't don't push him too far because you know you might not want to get caught in a telephone booth with him. It right. could happen to you. Yeah, I try to avoid as many of those situations as I can. But you do have those. Our our priority is the goodwill part of it. The fans that that watch me, the people that love the Raiders, coming out and showing them that you could have still have another great experience with me, person to person, take pictures, sign autographs, ask me a couple, you know, questions about football. I may not know about football, but I'll try to answer them to the best of my ability. And, uh, you know, we've all had a good experience. Who were some of your favorite teammates along the way? Uh, too many, too many to list? Favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I loved all the guys. Yeah. I, I really did. I loved uh, I, I loved all the guys. I loved the quarterback more if he threw me the ball more, of course. Um, <laughs> or I love a good coach who think I can execute this play and he give me an opportunity to execute it and it works. I love you right now, but it's, it's, it's only temporary. Right. You know, because at the, the, the euphoria you get after you've done something on the field, run a long run, catch a really difficult pass, or score a touchdown, which was my you know, the, the, the pinnacle of what I could do on the field is score a touchdown and hear that crowd yelling and feel like, you know, uh, I've done something that, that has helped put the team in a position to win. And, and I, you know, not we all put it together. All 11 people did it, but I came up and I scored the touchdown and this is great. I mean, I'm having a good time, but it's only momentary. Yeah. It's way, way up. And you're like, yeah, I did it. We did it. But the game is not over. And then it's back down. And it's like, okay, you right. did that. You know, when you go off to the sideline a couple minutes later, I mean, you were right at everything. You're the king of the world. And then when you go to the sideline, you're like, okay, I got to put that behind me. You play. If I get another new opportunity. <laughs> yeah, that new moment. It's just done. Do you guys have a little alumni? situation with like the players you guys get together a lot yeah sure we have uh once a year the raiders uh have the alumni come back doing training camp in napa valley 
and uh, you know they, they facilitate our expenses in the hotel and take us to eat and we all get together and take pictures and uh, you know we talk about uh, you know what's going on in the league currently and former business and how the organization could best help us still you know as we progress progress into the Las Vegas uh, market and as we reach back to former players and help them and work with current players and help them as well. So our organization is real good about that and, and we're, we're making a renewed commitment uh, you know, to get all of that stuff done while we're here in Vegas as well. When you first, first time you stepped on the field as a professional player, first time you scored a touchdown, do you get to enjoy it? Is it kind of like the little kid in you? Does, does it come out like just inside, even if you're not showing it? Like, oh my God, I just scored a touchdown. Like, I, I made it. Like, I did, like, my, like I'm assuming a, a childhood dream. And wow, I just scored a touchdown, like against the Patriots or whoever. Like, it, does, do you go through that? It's momentary. Just for I that just, split second. Just for that split second, because you know that in your career, you're going to be based, you're going to need a lot more of them to sustain and stay around. Right. So actually, I scored my first down, my first touchdown in Tokyo, Japan, in the Tokyo Dome. Oh, wow. In the preseason. And Steve Berline threw it to me. So Steve I got, I, I had my name in the paper in J Japanese. That's amazing. That's that's Please tell me that, you still have that. That right there, I don't have it actually, Aww. but I know it happened because yeah. they was covering the right. NFL and we got a chance to watch sumo wrestlers and, and uh, the Raiders are a good organization about taking us internationally. They do international games now and everybody thinks that's new. The Raiders have been taking us internationally since, you know, since I was playing. Yeah. And so if it wasn't for the team, I wouldn't have the opportunity to go to Spain, Mexico, uh, you know, and playing football and Tokyo, Japan. So, uh, I really, after I scored that touchdown, I thought, oh man, you know, I'm 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 in my rookie season. I'm in the preseason. I was born for this minute. This is what I'm here for. I scored the touchdown, but I was disappointed because I got a penalty for a low block on another player. That before I scored the touchdown. So after I scored the touchdown, it was not like I was. Like I was freed up and I was like, oh my God, I'm in here. I kind of just was like, I told you I could do it. I knew I could do it. I flipped the ball and was like, you know, that was a bonehead move to do what I did to hurt the team. So right. I, I didn't let my success uh, uh, minimize the mistake that I had made. I was more concerned about the mistake that I had made during the course of the game oh, than man. the touchdown like I had twist. actually scored. Did you happen to see a couple days ago there was a college game? I, I'm not sure what team it was. I saw it on Instagram. A guy made an interception and then ran the wrong way. Did you see this what? the other day? Oh, Literally really? a couple days ago. And That's like, a re reincarnated He got like, he got like 25, 30 yards the wrong way. Wow. Yeah, and his, his wow. own guy tackled him. His own guy tackled him. Wow, wow. with reason, like, yeah. like, bro, stop running. That's gotta be. Like, somehow he just got turned around out I'm there. I'm glad he tackled him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but, I mean, that's, that's just sick. gotta be. I did see the players do the bye-bye-bye. When they, they scored a touchdown. Yeah, he got fined uh, $13,000 for no. that. I forgot who it was. So there's um, like three of them. There's like three or four of them that lined up and did the in-sync bye-bye Oh, bye. oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. I, right, yeah, right. I was thinking of someone waved goodbye. Oh, no. Someone caught a caught a pass and he waved goodbye to the defender and took <laughs> off and he got fined. He got yeah. fined for that? Right. Yeah. Dang. Did you get fined ever for anything? Uh, one time, one time we were, What'd you do? Uh, I was in a different time zone. <laughs> yeah, the juice, we, the I dirt. think we got to, uh, we were going to Florida to play Miami Dolphins 
And I think we went in on a Friday and we had a, a practice. Uh, maybe we went in on a Friday. We got maybe got there that Saturday and we had a practice. And I went up to the room and took a nap. And the time changed. The bus was supposed to leave was to go, go do the pre, you know, preliminary practice stuff. And I got left by the bus. So once, once that happened, I was pretty much, I was sick. And in the fine system, it, it, it goes from like 100 and it doubles. It depends on your infraction. So if it's minor infraction, you go from 100 to 200. The next time you do another infraction, it's 400. The next time it's 800. The next time it's 1600. The next time it's 3200, 6400. So uh, that was too much money for me to be giving back. I'm not giving anything right. back. It took me long enough to get here and make this. So that was my right. one and only five my whole, whole time. Uh, in the National Football League. I only had one, oh, one fumble, too. <laughs> so I'm good with the ones there. I only had one fumble okay. in 10 years in the National wow. Football League. Yeah, yeah. It was, what was hard your, hits. What was your happiest moment on the field? Do you remember? Uh, probably not, but I've had so many of them. Uh, I think, uh, you know, one of them was probably uh, when I went and got a chance to go home and play for the New Orleans Saints. And, mm. and we won the first playoff game in the history of the franchise. I think that was uh, that was fulfillment. That was closure, uh, and, and 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 it wasn't like it was a major thing. Like you won the Super Bowl or anything. Right. But for 35 years, that organization existed, and they never got past the first round of the playoffs. That's yeah. That that was nuts in that time and age. And for me to be from Louisiana, and my hometown to only be about, be about 55 miles from New Orleans. And to be a part of a of uh, a team that went from three and thirteen the year before, and then the next year was eleven and seven and won the first playoff game in the history of the franchise. That's historic. How could you not yeah. think that was a? Uh, Who is your quarterback? Jeff Blake started out being the quarterback. Oh, wow. He got hurt. Ricky. Uh, 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 Jeff Blake started out being quarterback. Then, then Aaron Brooks ended up coming in. All right. Uh, now, now listen to this story. We. Where we played that first playoff game that I told you about that we ended up winning after 35 years, we played against the St. Louis Rams. The key about the St. Louis Rams was they were the defending Super Bowl champions yep. from 99 to 2000. Yep. To 2000, 2001. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. They're coming to us and play us in our home in the dome. We don't have our starting quarterback and we do not have our starting receiver. What are the chances that this team beats the defending Super right. Bowl? And that's the team champion. that had Marshall Falk, right? They had they were stacked. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm that's correct. You guys were the underdogs of this situation. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you assume that right. And uh, so I thought that was an opportunity to have a leadership moment. That let every single body know that no one person was more important than the other person because it took everybody on that team to pull together to get that victory. And, and that always stayed with me a long time. That was a, that was a, a job that, that I don't think that anybody really wanted to have at that time to be playing the, the, the St. Louis Rams, defending Super Bowl champion in the first round of the playoffs. No starting quarterback and no starting running back. I, I just thought it was, it was absolutely one of the greatest moments in my career. Wow. How do you tune out all the fans? What, 30 to 40? More probably. More. How many people in what? the arena? 60? Yeah, I mean, it depends where they 40, are. 60. Some of them up close to 100,000 people. Yeah, oh yeah, 75, 75, 72,000 in do probably Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, you have no. Oh, yeah, you hear the chirping too. Kansas City, Kansas City. You can hear where if you up close and on the sideline, you can hear a lot of the bad. But when you're on the field and you're in a opposing stadium, Seattle, Seahawks, or wherever, Denver Broncos. When when we're doing snap count, you cannot hear the snap count. You have to watch really? the ball. That you can't hear no snap count. How are you going to hear it? And these wow. people are, are yelling to the top of their lungs. So, and you can feel it on the field vibrating. So when when you're doing different stuff, you're you have to be very keen. You have to be everything. Your sensitive have to be on high alert. And then a lot of times you have to anticipate. You're looking at the quarterback do his head like this. I'm looking at yeah. him. I know when I have to go. I'm probably looking out of my peripheral vision down right. the sideline. So uh, it's, it's, it's intense on the field, man. You can't hear nothing. You can't hear yourself think. How much trash talk is there between the players, uh, like when you walk up to the line and things like that? Is there a lot of Oh, that? yeah, it's a lot of interaction. <laughs> it's a lot of interaction. Always been in the league. You always got a guy on the other side who come from another place uh -huh. who's going to let you have it. He knows somebody's name. He knows what you ate. He, he's hollering out anything he can to get a competitive advantage. And, and it's just a matter if he can get you off your game and get you not to concentrate and focus for a fraction of a second because a lot of stuff happens between the time that you come in and call a play. When the quarterback, when the play comes in from the sideline, the quarterback comes in and calls the play in the huddle. When you break that huddle, you've got to remember the play. You've got to remember the snap count. You've got to remember what you, how, how you're going to release off the line. And this, this is like in 1,000, 1,002, How are you going to release? And then once you get off and start, if it's a pass route, once you get off the line and start running, you have to know immediately if it's man or zone because your route could change just like that. If it's man, I go up and run across. If it's zone, I go up and hook. But you, you don't have, and then you got a guy standing over you, ready to slap you in your head. You got to remember the snap count. So, uh, then you got the other ten things they have to think oh, about. Oh wow! And but this moment. is it's not. It's a lot to think about in that time frame. But it all happens so fast within the first thousand, one thousand, two thousand, three, and that's how you get graded on film. You, you know, right away when you come into the meeting room. That's your efficiency rating. That's right. part of my efficiency rating. That's enabled me to be a starter at three different teams in the NFL. The, the Los Angeles Raiders, Oakland Raiders, Minnesota Vikings, and New Orleans Saints. Plus, I played fullback one time. I started the game at fullback in really? Oakland. Yeah. Our fullback got hurt. Fullback. Our fullback got hurt. Uh, they, they won't ask for volunteers. We didn't have a body. <laughs> Another guy, they had drafted a guy in the first round to play tight end, so he was playing tight end, and I, my load wasn't heavy, so I raised my hand and told him I would do it. And uh, I surely, sure enough, I think it was maybe against the Dallas Cowboys in 96, or one of those teams that I started. That's uh, my team. I started at fullback. Is that, is that your team? I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. You're sorry. Oh, you're sorry. This, this show is over, no, buddy. But, but. We get this over with now. I have, I have made the Raiders my, my secondary team. Since no, we're I'm not here. playing secondary no, to nothing. I have no, to no way. You detach. You got you to do something. By the way, I'm, no. not, I'm not against detaching. You might need to go into therapy. Yeah, That's I'm, what you need to go into therapy. I'm okay dumping down. And see if it makes sense. Well, you're a foul weather then. They call you a foul weather. <laughs> you yeah. going on what's hot? Who's yeah. hot now? Yeah. Well, I bet, you know what happened? When I was seven years old, I met Tony Dorsett at a Dodger game. 
we had season seats at the Dodger game, and my right. dad knew Tommy Lasorda and all the players, and we were back in the locker room, and, and we met Tony Dorsett, and he gave me a football, and I became a Cowboy fan. Yeah. It's okay. Not, that, not was that all only criteria? That was that the only criteria. You had to get yeah. around. I can give you a little. I give you a little <laughs> fake ball or something, and we'll sign something, and then you know you yeah, fall you in love with us all over again. Yeah. Yeah. I am friends with Marcus Allen and Willie Galto, so I guess I should. I really. I. I am Raider at the core. I think. I'm Raider at if the If you core. think you're not Raider at the core, up. you got to think about it. You either are or you are not. Okay, I'm so. coming over to the silver and black. Right. I'm divorcing okay. the Cowboys Ooh. because of this show. No, okay. no. Okay? Just I've like talked that. you into it. You've converted me. I've talked Just you into like that. it. And that's From what you're in your town for. That's, what, that's, that's what you're I'm here for. That's why I'm here. What, uh, is there any regrets you have along the way? Anything you wish you would have done differently? No. No? I love those guys. I love the locker room. I love competition. I love winning. As I gave I gave everything to the game that that I could give, uh, and I had fun doing it. And I made a lot of friends, uh, and uh, it it was a lot of fun. We won a lot of games. We lost lost games, but I learned a lot along the way. And I think I learned more in losing than I learned by winning. Because having adversity, uh, you know, made me a bigger, stronger person and, and, and had better character. And so in the loss, I would look at opportunities to get better where if I was faced with that again, I would know how to overcome that. And then I would get a different outcome. So that's, that's you know, that, that's kind of how, you know, I looked at it. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think if, if it's done and done the right way, uh, you know, it's a terrific game. It's been around for a long time, and I think it's going to continue to be around for a long time. I think we've enhanced the entertainment and shock value, and we've allowed, uh, you know, some celebrations back on the field and allowed the fans to be more interactive. They get to stand, they get to the stadium early, they get to look in the locker room, they get to see cams, you know, different cameras with different players. They get to, you know, that is all, you know, positive for the game and yeah. helps, you know, and, and uh, you know, helps promote relationships. What are your thoughts on like taunting and, and all of that? Like, I think it's good for the game. I like, I like it, but. Uh, well, I think if, if there's a penalty system for it, then it should be, it should be fair and equitable across the board. It's, I think it's a different, uh, a different realm between taunting and celebrating. I think you ought to be able to celebrate, but I don't think you can go in another guy's face and do something or say something that would, you know, really get them out of their game. I think I don't think there's really a place in it in the game for that. Do you watch the show Ballers? Yeah, sure. With the Rock? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it. How close is that to kind of what it's like? Some of those concepts are are pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, they are, you know, all based on, you know, true stories. Obviously, you're not going to ever know, uh, you know, every single thing of how it happens, but they give you the basic framework of how something could have happened and use fictitious names. So, right. you know, it could be, you know, rendered, you know, uh, pretty realistic. Natalie doesn't watch any TV at all. I so know. she has no clue the, about hard show. knocks, ballers. I None know of it. I love the show. Okay. I don't. Well, we got to get episode. get her caught up on I that, right? I know. I know yeah. these shows exist and other. It's about to be 2020. This I'm is 2019 <laughs> and 2020. We Listen, have television. I watch my shows. I have my my things. Netflix. Netflix and show. Yeah. Okay. 
but I finish a whole season or series and then I move on to the next one. I'm not like hopping around trying to catch everything. What does your non-football fun look like? Are you in? Are you watch Netflix? Do you, do you get hooked on shows? Do you binge watch? Are you a video game guy? What, what do you do? I'm a CNN guy. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm a CNN guy. I'm a news guy, local news. Um, I'm an outdoors guy. I, really? I like watching uh, fishing, bass fishing, hunting, stuff like that. Sometimes, uh, you know, I just get bored with regular TV. Uh, some, yeah. some of the, you know, some of the Netflix stuff, like Last Chance You with the football uh, team uh, in Mississippi, where you know they had these athletes who had their last opportunity. If they mess this up, they're going to be on the streets, or you got an opportunity to go someplace else. Uh, I thought, you know, I, I thought that was fruitful. I was really interested in that and watched that a lot. But basic TV, I'm not really overly interested in. Uh, like I said, CNN, I watch that just, you know, like a madman sometimes <laughs> to try to, to, I got, you know, when CNN is investigating, I got my own investigation going on if something happens. If somebody you does. watch America's when, Got Talent by chance? Sure, I watch that sometimes. Dang. I do. See? I watch it sometimes. I'm yeah. obsessed with that show. Yeah, I do That's because so these are real people who, 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 who've tried their lifetime to do something and to, recognized, and to be recognized for something it. that nobody they think nobody else could compete with at yep. their level. So if I there. go in and show these people that I'm the best in my genre that it is, I'm going to finally get the recognition. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know that I've been working on, but and that's what that's all of us yep. really. Yep. And even if they don't win, I love watching someone that just gets their moment. Yeah, like someone that gets you're their be able one to moment where they that nail still it, like push it, your agenda forward. Right, you're still going to be able to utilize that. Right, to push your agenda forward. I went on. I competed. It's a competition. We're yes. competing against each other. So that's always a you know a good opportunity, and uh, you know I like it. Yeah. If you had to pick, uh, who's going to the Super Bowl? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Who's going? Are you asking for both teams or just pick a team? I want both the Raiders teams, to who's go. going? I don't care who's going, I know who I want to go. Could the Raiders go this year? Yeah, the Raiders could go. Raiders yeah. could go any year, anything could happen. Right. Pat Mahomes just got hurt. I know. You know, is it? But, know. but we can't jump the gun, we gotta worry about Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers right now. So right. it's a possibility, it all depends. It's week to week, what the injury report is, who gets hurt. You know, who's ready to go out and play? Who's ready to execute? What team gets hot yeah. in the middle of the season toward the end? Right. It might be a team that started off slow and yeah. comes in at the end and you everybody's standing back like, what the heck happened? But they finally, you know, got their act together and now, you know, they're going out and being efficient and effective on the field. So I think injuries has a big thing to do with it. And I think, uh, you know, the pathway is there. I think that the organization, organizationally, everybody has to be focused and on the same page, going for the same thing and taking them one game at a time and not worried about what's happening outside or any distractions. Do you go to the Super Bowl every year? Do not. Never been to one. Yeah, I'm such, never been to one? I've never been to a Super Bowl. I've never played in one and I've never been to one. Because so, I mean, you know, at, at, at different times, uh, you know, uh, it's inconvenience, but I don't have, uh, I'm not in a position to go somewhere where that, that I've been, it's like my nemesis. It's like my nemesis. Like I never got there, so I'm a, I'm a field player. I play I on the it. field. I can't see myself sitting in the stands watching this. I'd rather watch it at home like everybody else. So, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm bitter about it. Okay. So that, that's the whole thing. But not just the Super Bowl. I don't go to just regular games, regular NFL games. Do you games watch them? Stuff. Interesting. Sometimes. 
more highlights than games? More or highlights than games. Just kind of keep up with what's going on, yeah. but not watch a whole oh, game. Oh, by the way, I probably watch the what's that? The ticker at the bottom yeah. to see what's the current events yeah. and what's going on. I'm always watching that. It's interesting. Most of the players that I know, more so on base on the baseball side. They don't watch games. When they retire, they don't really watch it's like games. We're done. Uh, some of my baseball friends that played in the major leagues, they'll go to a game, but they won't really watch it on TV, except playoffs and World Series. The life has like been dedicated. Yeah. That's why I think it's important that you don't push kids into sports in little league early. You that just because I played football, I didn't never push my kid to play at seven, eight, nine, ten years old. I only let my kids play in junior high when they got to seventh or eighth grade, but you had to earn the opportunity to play. So you got to take care of your, your, your business at home, your chores. You got to go to school. You got to make good grades. And oh, by the way, you like that game and you want to do that. Oh, you're, then, then you're granted the right to play that game. But you have to understand that when you decide to do that, those uh, uh, doing your chores and taking care of your, uh, your responsibilities academically, you still have to hold that in high regard first and foremost, and then it's a right and a privilege to have the opportunity to be, you know, an athlete. Yeah. It's the way I look at it. Everybody no, may not look, look at it like it. that, but, you know, because your athletic days are going to run out. They're going to expire at some point. And what are you going to have to, to get you over it? I, I'm a college graduate. I, I went to the University of Grambling State in North Louisiana. I played football, basketball, and ran track and field and graduated on time. I went to every summer school. I went to every summer school they offered, they paid for it, so I went and I graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in criminal justice. Wow. What? While playing all those sports? Yeah. What was your track and field event? Good for you. Triple jump. Really? I was the Southwestern Athletic Conference triple jump champion my junior year. And my junior year in college, I won three championships, one in football, one in basketball, and one in track and field. And that, I think that's what pretty much got me on the map as an athlete. That that somebody out there saw that this talented guy uh, was one of the top in the nation and we we're willing to give him an opportunity and that's what the Raiders did for me and I came in and proved them right that you do have the right guy and I am a team guy and I come I can come in and convert my skill set from college to the NFL level and be productive as a matter of fact I was drafted as a wide receiver I was a wide receiver in college I was oh, wow. six foot seven 222 Man. pounds and I was converted to a tight end once I got to the Raiders what, did you accept that conversion like with open arms or did they have to talk you into it? I accepted it just like I accepted my check. <laughs> it wasn't an option. I didn't have any options to yeah. accept it. Uh, it was probably based on speed. We had world-class guys who ran uh, track and had Olympic medals who were playing wide receiver. Right. And if you are not as fast as my wide receivers, then you can't play wide receiver on this team. And I wasn't a world-class sprinter. But I did, you know, I was big and strong and could run fast and catch. So we have a position for you. So I integrated into the position and, and made it, you know, made it part of me and made it successful for me. And what about now? Do you play golf? Do you any? No, no golf from, you know, years in the, in the NFL. Uh, I, I just go out and take pictures when we play golf. I go out and take pictures, shake hands, talk with, you know, talk with the corporate sponsors, yep. things of that. Uh, I don't I don't want to be in a position where I'm swinging the golf club and throw my back out or throw my shoulder out or anything like that. I don't have anything to prove anymore yep. uh, on that competition level. What, you know, what I did is done. And I'm proud of that. So, uh, I'm, I'm, and I get a chance to relive that when I get out 
and I, I talk to the kids. I get a chance to relive that when I'm in the community and doing stuff, uh, you know, for the community and in hospitals or what have you. And when I'm at watch parties, when I get a chance to, you know, meet the fans, hug the fans and sign autographs. Well, man, thank you so much for sitting down with the Vegas Junkies today. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Here at the Trago Lounge at the Tropicana. Trago. And uh, can't thank you enough, and I hope we see you again. Yeah, you definitely will. Thank Thanks you. for having me. We had Andrew a good time. Glover. Woo. The glove. Give it to me. <laughs>